Hello, and welcome back to the HBO's podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Maddie. What up? <laughs> uh, we are really excited today. We are starting off uh, The Idol, talking about The Idol, which is brand new. Uh, the pilot just came out a couple days ago on HBO Max. Now Max once was HBO, whatever the hell it is now. Um, so we're excited <laughs> to get started talking about that. Uh, so this specific episode was written by Sam Levinson, Abel Tesfaye, and AKA The Weekend, and Reza Fahim, directed by Sam Levinson. Um, and then before we get into it, I'll just read the IMDb plot for everybody. Um, so after a nervous breakdown derailed Jocelyn's last tour, she's determined to claim her rightful status as the greatest and sexiest pop star in America. Her passions are reignited by Tedros, a nightclub impresario with a sordid past. Will, will her romantic awakening take her to a glorious new heights or the deepest, dark, darkest depths of her soul? Ooh, I am baby. I know, I know. It was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was very descriptive. Um, so, spoiler warnings, everyone. We're talking <laughs> everything about this episode, and also spoiler warnings for Euphoria because it is directed by Sam Levinson. He also did Euphoria. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that this is also in the Euphoria world. Yes, the Euphoria okay. universe. Yep. I didn't know if that was a rumor, so very cool. Um, yep. But yeah, just, you know, if you guys haven't seen Euphoria or you don't want to hear any spoilers, uh, stop this right now. Go watch. Come back. We recommend. We love Euphoria, yeah. too. We can't wait for the next season. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we did actually, just on the topic of Euphoria, we did get a Maddie uh, cameo. Did you catch that in the club? Who? Maddie Perez. Maddie oh. Perez. Yeah. No, I didn't see her at all. <gasps> yeah, she. It was very quick. She didn't have Not any lines. It was just oh. her dancing with friends. It was very cute. But I'm like, oh shit, that's Maddie. Oh shit. Oh my god, I watched twice and I didn't peep her both times. I'm so mad at myself. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It was oh. very quick. It was very quick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as excited as we are, um, I think let's just start with overall thoughts. So Maddie, how did you feel about how how did you come into this? Because there's been a lot of controversy before this. You and I have talked a lot about it. What were your expectations, and then how did you actually feel after this first episode? Okay, great question. But the first thing I want to say is that this show was made for us. It's so slutty. It's so <laughs> dramatic. Uh, we are the HB hoes. So I'm kind of appreciative that like they're being a little bit crazy. But for your question, uh, what I was thinking going into it was not good. You know, I saw some reviews um, or like they were not good. Yeah. They were not good. They were definitely getting dragged and I was a little bit nervous. Um, Sam Levinson already has had some like what I would say is being called out uh you know I think he's very risky <laughs> about what he's doing yeah and yeah. it's controversial so like yeah I I was definitely a little bit worried you know I'm I'm a woman so I'm like yo don't fucking display my people like that I'll fucking mm -hmm. kill you dude mm -hmm. like what are you doing? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to kill you, Sam Levinson. We fucking yeah. love you. Yeah. Keep writing. Keep writing. Keep writing. Keep um, <laughs> you know, this is just the drama that you're causing us, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. which is a good, good thing. But yeah, I, I do worry about it. I think the first episode was shocking. Mm -hmm. I think on a visual level, it definitely like threw me and I had to think deeper I had mm -hmm. to look a bit deeper mm -hmm. um, than what was just on the surface level, but that did please me. And I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. Like I'm a bit intrigued with like the story, mm -hmm. the plot. So I think that it was actually way better than expected, which is always like the best feeling ever. Oh yeah. You know? Um, so what about you? Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think that I went in, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, well, two episodes of it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. And then after that, I was actually sending Maddie here, like Vanity Fair articles, Variety mm -hmm. articles, uh, like page six, everybody was talking, they, they were just calling this glorified porn. And given 
all of them did see an episode more than we did. And we are actively trying to learn how to become journalists ourselves so we can watch shit before it actually comes out. But we have to wait until Sunday nights like the rest of everyone. But so they got another episode in and and we don't know. And I think that that's what that's what Sam Levinson brings is this like fear of like, are we going to go over the edge? I don't know. Uh, just this trepidation of like what's going to happen next um but i got it like it felt it i loved it i honestly loved this episode i watched it twice i liked it probably even more the second time that i watched it which is crazy um Mm -hmm. and i was excited to watch it again for this pod um and then even the parts that gave me like goosebumps the first time that had me like off my seat did the same ex- I had the same exact reaction the second time so Agreed. we'll get into that more later when we talk about like the characters and the plot and everything but um yeah I came into it with very very low expectations thinking that it was just going to be glorified porn and even in the beginning of the episode was scared oh yeah how it started i was like oh yeah. like is her tit about to pop out Ugh, i don't want tit this early in the episode like we don't need first five minutes tits you know well <laughs> well, well well you came trekking out to the wrong part of pariah okay <laughs> Because it's sinning around here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we got titty. And I mean, like, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I have thought a lot about this in film. I'm not a film expert. I didn't go to school for film. But I do think that there's a lot of discourse around, like, nudity in in television. And, like, is it how much do you need? Is it appropriate? Can you allude to the same thing and get the story? There's a lot of discourse around that and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Like, did I love it? No. Am I still going to watch? Yeah. (laughs) I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I think that honestly, like just with this topic about nudity, because I don't know if, I mean, the, there's provocative things that'll happen that, you know, happened in it that we'll talk about. We'll like dive into later, but I think with this, we do also have a segment that we're going to talk about, like comparing this one episode to what we know of Euphoria because of Sam Levinson and because there are a lot of parallels. Um, But specifically with the nudity, Maddie and I have talked about this a lot when it came to Euphoria. And there were things that came out with Sydney Sweeney, who played Cassie. And, you know, there was a lot of nudity, a lot of sexual content um, in that in that show and what I think might we might see different here is one thing is the age right clearly Jocelyn who is Lily Rose Depp she's our main girl she's of age in this whereas in Euphoria they're all high school students so there was already a level of like oh we shouldn't be watching this yeah Yeah. and um but then also something that I think more of um when I get a little like woof this is too much is the it depends on the woman and like her autonomous state if she wants to be naked she can be naked and that's great and liberating but if she's in a victimized situation or she's you know being kind of forced or pressured into it that's where it becomes really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um watch things like that and i think in euphoria a lot of those situations were someone a woman being pressured to you know to be in those situations Mm -hmm. or you know naked or having sex or whatever it was i think with this um, uh, one of the reasons why I think I was okay with this episode specifically is that, um, you know, Jocelyn is very much autonomous in herself, you know, sure. and she, I don't know if she'll remain that way. That's, we will talk about just like where we think it's going to go later, but, um, but it was a little bit easier to watch it versus some of the euphoria episodes with a lot of nudity that I did, you know, that I've seen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I do think them in euphoria being in high school it already made it like dangerous you Mm -hmm. know like these are kids that still live with their parents like none of this shit is supposed to be happening you know Mm -hmm. with coming into the idol this is someone who's already in their fame now granted she could be 19 that means she can smoke you know she can go out to the club Mm -hmm. she doesn't have to be 21 to get into most clubs because she's a woman and she's and she's famous yeah yeah so you know like she is autonomous and they're introducing her in that way like i think in stardom you are autonomous you are in a lot of control like you have to be Mm -hmm. you have to keep it moving you have to get through your day so 
I think in that sense, it's kind of like for adults, it's like, oh, like she's just being an adult. Like she's going to work, what, whatever that work might be. She's just doing her thing. She mm-hmm. goes out at night. She smokes some cigarettes, you know, like yeah. she, and she's allowed to. Yeah. Because well, she's not a kid. Yeah. And I think that's, it makes it easier on the eyes, I guess, for us mm-hmm. to be able to watch it and be okay with it. Um, now, and I think that with Sam Levinson, um, it's really interesting to see how he plays because, God, we're just going right into how this is like euphoria, uh, or I am rather, but he, um, it's interesting seeing him like actually like write and, and direct a girl that is of age and is completely autonomous. Whereas like in euphoria, we had Rue, who is the main character who, is not autonomous at all like she sneaks around to be able to do what she wants to do but ultimately mm-hmm. she's kind of right. under the control of other people yeah. right right absolutely um and i will say that there is you know sure jocelyn has the autonomy but there is still the fact that she is young and listen everyone has their own experience and i'm not saying like oh if you're this age you're immature but I do think that there is a learning experience like you might be strong in the daytime, but you're vulnerable at night. You know what I mean? Like Jocelyn is putting on a very brave face, a very professional face. You know, um, do I think she's strong in the way that she's being presented? Sure. On a visual level for the first episode. Yeah. But this bitch is obviously going through it. Well, yeah, and we have, I mean, we have the supporting facts around that or just the ideas around that too that I feel like is, you know, it's going to lead to like her inevitable almost downfall. I mean, literally the IMDb plot that I just said describes that. So it's like we already mm-hmm. know that that's the whole plot of the show is is going to be battles that she's going to have to deal with. But we know that she just came um, – her, her last tour was derailed because she had mental issues. We know that there was something that, that was going on with her, with her mom and her mom probably just passed away. Um, so she's dealing with all this. And then also, you know, what I think is really interesting is, and we can go right into just our introduction to her in that the photo shoot, it was like, she was the star. Maddie actually uh, compared it to like a Renaissance painting, which I think was a great way to talk about it. Even the way that the camera pulls out and then you finally see everybody that's around her, mm-hmm. but she was lonely in the middle, right? Oh, yeah. Like, and I think that a lot of it is is like she will likely feel very alone. Um, I know that with the weekend, aka April Tesfaye, we're gonna call him. I mean, in his, I mean, at least I will. I think that the, it will be good for this podcast. We haven't really discussed that maddie and i haven't discussed like the rules of how we're going to refer to people but i think in terms of the writer like the the actor and the writer his name is abel but then in the weekend is his stage persona right like it's correct we've seen it a million times so it i think it's like loosely will be based on the weekend because he is a pop star so Mm -hmm. just like that how you can be like quote unquote the idol but still like incredibly alone you know yeah and i think that that scene that opening scene showed that perfectly of just that like okay she looks great in the spotlight but then once you once you zoom out Mm -hmm. you know there's all these people around her that just that just want to make her look good but they don't actually care you know yeah yeah, and it's really interesting. Um, I really liked that scene as well, and I don't want to steal this from you, but I just watched it for the second time, and I did notice the scoring mm-hmm. in that moment, which was gorgeous. It was just beautiful. It was soft. It was ethereal. It was mm-hmm. just, like, warm light. I don't know, like, how to describe it differently but it is crazy that role reverse normally i am the one that's talking about the music and maddie is the one that's talking about the art art. i know (laughs) i know but yeah it was it was really beautiful and um one thing that i thought was sad and beautiful was when he tells her to like be emotional and she Mm -hmm. she like lets a tear out and what he says to her he's like oh beautiful like basically like keep doing that and it was beautiful. Like, sadness can be... And she is just such a pretty face already. It's like, of course, yeah. you're still going to look hot if you ugly cry. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My you God. know, so... Ugh. Lily Rose Depp, man. Holy shit. 
Um, number one, fucking body. God. God. It comes down in that, like, I was, they probably had to do that dance, the choreo scene so many times because I'm like, how are your tits not falling out with that tiny thing that I wish that I could wear because it was so cute. But like, then it's like, we already knew that she had nice tits from the first scene. And then like, then she gets on the the dance floor and it's like, oh, she got ass too. What is this? (laughs) Like Jesus and the cheekbones and the eyes. uh, What are those called? The Saiku eyes or something or something. It's like a Billie Eilish thing. Oh, where you see the white at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just those kinds of eyes are gorgeous. And I'm just like, God, she is not missing anything fuck yeah and i will say i know i texted this to you but even the tone of her voice i was so shocked it it was so much deeper than i expected it to be because i really haven't seen her in anything else um and she has like such a calm tone it's Mm -hmm. not so and maybe she's doing that for the role i don't know but i was just like wow like i really enjoy that yeah i think she's singing the song i think she is I'm just a freaking. Okay, it's a bop. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. The weekend must have wrote this shit. Like it's a bop. Yeah, it's. I hope they put it on Spotify. You know, and that's the thing is, like, I was thinking about it. So in Euphoria, I had, so Labyrinth did all the music for Euphoria. I remember watching the first season. There was like a couple songs specifically that I was obsessed with and I would tell like when I get a song stuck in my head I have to listen to it and I need the full thing and I want to download it I don't want to just listen to it on YouTube every time like I get really really OCD about music and um nothing I couldn't find it for the life of me I remember complaining to Maddie about this for so long after season one then finally the whole album dropped and then the same thing happened for game of thrones they didn't actually release any of the scoring or any of the original music for the show until after each season dropped so i'm thinking that we're gonna have to wait because the scoring in this is gorgeous my favorite was when they were going out to the club and it's her and um diane who is played by uh blackpink's jenny um when they're sitting in like the convertible and it's just this like gorgeous saxophone oh my god it was so nice it was like the interlude but in a new york yes yes yeah so it was perfect it was perfect the scoring was really 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 good i'm very very excited to see yeah i think we're gonna have to i know i'm excited to see what else they come up with i did notice just on a music tip there were repetitive sounds which is something that euphoria did have too so i think Mm -hmm. that that might be a sam levinson creative suggestion or i don't know another parallel but um well doesn't game of thrones have that as well like yeah i mean most most series scores do but with this one specifically, and then what I heard in Euphoria too was like even the whenever, um, whenever Abel's character, what was his name? Uh, uh, Hedros. Yeah, whenever there were like two signs where he like came in or it was something and it was like a screech almost sound. Um, and it was, it's meant to feel eerie and it was just one yes. note. Yeah, but then in the end of it, it blended the first score if i if my ears are right it blended the score of introducing her to the score of the, yeah. like there were screech notes in it it like almost it was like two tracks laid on top of each other at the end when they're together in her recording studio yeah. so i noticed that like there's like some patterns of sound and it's really yeah. really fucking cool um yeah so i'm excited i think that uh, especially because, I mean, one thing that I really appreciate is that this is a show about music, really. Right. Yeah. It, and that's that's awesome, right? It's just yeah. like really nice. Even the references of like Madonna and Prince and Donna Summer and, oh, it's yeah. so nice. I like say she, like there are certain frames that her face catches and I think it's probably the blonde right now and like, the dirty blonde and like the wavy i she's like there's a couple moments where she just looks a lot like miley cyrus i'm like mm-hmm. oh shit like hannah montana <laughs> like, I, it just like 
I don't know. It just like, gave me a couple moments of that, but I loved it. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Cause like Miley is also a performer of music. Like it all kind of like tracked. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that we're going to see a lot of um, similarities between her and like, and other, um, especially like pop stars. They already mentioned Britney once. I feel mm-hmm. like, like when they're talking about like a mental break or psychotic break or um, as one of her co-managers said at the end of it, or it, at some point she was like, no, that no, wasn't a psychotic break. No, 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 no. She, she was just tired. Off. She was just tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, like we're going to see a lot of different themes and maybe like we got some Sharon Stone stuff, uh, which is also relative to Euphoria. We'll get to mm-hmm. that. But um, I think there's a lot of little like culture like nuances and culture like easter eggs that sam levinson has always put in his work which i love because when you know it you feel smart and I'm oh just, yeah i know yeah. i know what this is i know what <laughs> yeah so um i guess we can introduce the staff a little bit yeah um, so I don't have their names up. I did. Oh, actually, you know what? Yes, I do. Um, nice. so we have the, the staff, Dan Levy, love him, right? Very excited. He, we only, I don't think he was in any of the trailers and we only got one video that the weekend posted, um, in response to a Rolling Stone article that came out a couple months ago. It was a, it was a very short, uh, popular feud and there was a scene with Dan Levy in it, but it seemed like he was just making a cameo, but it looks like he's actually on the cast and is here to stay. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But he plays Jocelyn's publicist. And then we have um, Troy Savan, who plays her creative director, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy because he looks so young and I'm like, creative director? Holy shit. But anyways, I think he's also her friend. Um, and then another person on her staff is Jane Adams, who is playing Nikki, and she is she's the older woman. She's a record label executive. She's the one that basically says, you know, uh, what does she say? Mental issues are are you romanticizing mental issues? And yeah, and she says mental illness is sexy. Yeah. Um, God, this- and then we have Jenny Ruby from Blackpink, who is playing Diane. Um, she's another friend of Jocelyn's, but is one mm-hmm. of the backup dancers. And then Rachel Sennett is Leah, who is her best friend um, and assistant. And we have Devine Joy. Um, Devine Joy Randolph is Destiny. She's a co-manager. And then, let's see, Hank Azaria as Chaim. uh, And he's also playing the other co-manager. So that is her staff. That's who we got introduced to almost right away. And then that poor, um, what's he called? The... Not the the oh, guy the, that, the, the intimacy coach. <laughs> yes. The intimacy coordinator. Yeah. Um so that was really funny because I honestly feel like that probably happens a lot when like the intimacy coordinator's like, absolutely fucking not. This this will not fly. Like, and then yeah. the manager's like, Okay, sorry, sir, I have to intimidate you and you need to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that definitely happens happened a lot in the 90s um i think there's things in place now it's a bit better but the entertainment industry is not great yeah it's not great yep so um so yeah that's the staff and i'm excited about them because they're all fucking funny they've all done roles as comedic actors so i think that they're going to be really entertaining um, I was happy that they gave comedic relief. Um, yeah, I think that they agreed. were refreshing. Oh, actually, uh, the person that I left out is her, um, is the Live Nation representative whose uh, real name is Ellie, Ellie Roth or Eli Roth. And um, he is playing, I don't know his name, but it's something really Jewish. Finkelstein, I think. Yeah, Finkelstein. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked him. Uh, and I will just say right now, He's one of my favorites on the staff. Mm-hmm. Also, Diane, the backup dancer, because of what she said right before to encourage Jocelyn to do the dance well, she said, you're the reason we're all here. And I was like, you are chef's kiss, a good friend and a professional. Like that was, that was really genuine. 
Yeah, um, also, um, fun fact, this Jocelyn's house is actually the weekend's house in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. So that stage, I don't know if the state, like the stage, uh, the dance floor um, outside is actually something that's permanent or they just put it in for the show. I can imagine it's probably permanent because he's a pop star, but yeah, um, yeah no, it's his house. So it's, it, it, yeah, it's interesting. Like when he, at the end of the episode, when he walks in and, you know, and that is fucking Leah, hilarious. I know. Leah says, make yourself at home. And it's like just this fun little, you know. Yeah. That is, that made it a lot better, especially because he does that little turn in the mirror. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking fly as hell, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. I know. I guess like unless there's anything else about the staff, we didn't really get much from them, but I do think that they're going to be like her guard dogs and I'm excited to see them all rally behind her. I was excited to see them even rally because basically we start off this episode with them finding out that there's like a picture of like her cum shot like on her face that's yeah. all over Twitter and Reddit. And yeah. and that's why Finkelstein shows up and he's like, you know, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> it was, it's very funny, but it was very much like all hands on deck. We got to, you know, this yeah, is. Yeah, we got to fix this. We have to subpoena Reddit. We <laughs> have to make sure everyone is calling this revenge porn. Yep. She's a victim. Like they're t- trying to take control of the narrative, which is mm-hmm. what your PR team does. Of course. That's what they yep. do. Yep. Um, damage it was, control. It was very funny when um, the Live Nation exec tells Dan Levy's character, it, we're calling it revenge porn. And mm-hmm. like everywhere, it shove it down everyone's throat, throats. And then um, the, the studio exec, woman she says i want 150 google alerts tomorrow saying that she's a feminist you know icon and he's like okay well you know we're pushing victim right now but like we'll get there (laughs) yeah we're gonna start with victim but yeah she she walks away saying it's the same thing and i'm just like yeah actually it kind of is i mean for for any female celebrity yes the the line is thin um right right yeah yeah no it's it's interesting to see kind of like some inner workings. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that like as people, we, we know, you know, that like that's what it takes, but like to see it being displayed in that way, because, you know, for the average person, it's a big deal for them. They're like, it's just another fucking Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why she's so loosey goosey about it. She's like, yeah, I used to walk into meetings, you know, and get fucked in the stairwell mm-hmm. right before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, yeah, I've had anal in the, you know, Live Nation yeah. hallway or staircase. And he's like, yeah, I know. That was me. It was the quick witted dialogue was great. Yes. It was so good. I think that it was necessary for this mm-hmm. because other than that, everything with her was very ethereal and slow and soft. And even with um, Tedros, when we get to that, the club scene where they they meet, it all was very... That those parts felt very euphoria to me, like mm-hmm. they just the, even the way that the camera angles were and and the, the lighting and yeah, the colors, the, the colors, the music, the ambiance of everything felt very euphoria. It felt very Sam mm-hmm. Levinson. This with this staff, especially with such an excellent group of actors and like I said, comedic actors that are able to go go back and forth like that. Um, like dialogue wise like i'm just like it is giving what the show would otherwise be lacking and i'm very happy about them and we we, maddie and i went through all of them before right before we jumped on this like because i found this article that kind of detailed who everybody was because watching the show you don't really know they all kind of seem outside of like heim like they all seem like they have the same level of control or responsibility so you don't really know who's who and um, all of them, we were able to be like, oh, I know this person from this place and I know this person from this show and this movie and this, that. And it, it's really nice seeing them all like, come in and be in this environment together. I think that it's going to make the show like the it's going to give it the like, um, I don't know, just I don't want to keep saying comedy, but the comedy that it needs. And also like the other the, the back end story, because we can only know how much someone is a superstar just by their point of view, but seeing the team rally around her and everything that they actually have to do, mm-hmm. right? Like 
all she does, all she did was get cummed on, and now all of them have work for a week. <laughs> like, like those pictures keep them employed, but they also keep them highly stressed. And yeah, so it's, it's a high stress, high risk job. Are you yeah. shitting me? Because like, if you don't get that under control, you're fired. No, exactly. So, so um, yeah, I think that they're going to be a great almost lighthearted addition to the probably real, real seriousness that's going to happen with, um, with Jocelyn and Tedros. But speaking of Tedros, do you want to jump into talking about this man? Yeah, let's talk about him. Um, I think just going back to your first question, expectations, I was a little worried about the weekend's acting. He's a singer. He's a pop star. You know, like pop stars do this all the time, and sometimes it's good, and some a lot of times it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pleased, mm-hmm. and you know, sorry to say this, Abel, I'm so sorry, but not my fave. It, he just never was my beautiful angelic voice, but it just never like did it. I don't know. There was something about him that I was like, "Man, no." Okay, Bye. so yeah, you're saying t- the weekend is who you're like, "Eh," about. Yes, not able like as an actor in the show, but no. just the weekend as his own, as a, like a pop star. I'm like, "Man, eh, you know, cool." Like you made a couple songs that I like. You made a couple songs that I'm not a super fan of, and eh, whatever. It is what it is. I'm. Mm-hmm. I was just not the biggest fan. Yeah. So I was a little worried. I was like, "Ugh, the weekends, really, guys? Like, let's let's see. All right, let's see." Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done very well. Yeah, he's creeping me the fuck out, <laughs> and I think it takes some skill to play the bad character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally right. So, um, it's it's very funny because um, just for the listeners. Uh, this, I've known, we've known about the show for a while. I think, you know, it started getting like press attention and, and media attention back maybe October, November last year. So it was something, and because it was Sam Levinson and because I, it was Lily Rose and, um, The Weeknd, aka whatever, the, because it was them, I was like, this is going to be big and it's going to be on HBO and we have to do the podcast on it. Like, I know you're not really a fan of the weekend and Maddie was not happy about it (laughs) for a long time. And then, um, in the recent articles that were coming out after the Cannes film festival, it was like, well, if it, it, because both of us had our own qualms with the level of sexuality and nudity and euphoria. So it was like, okay, if this is just going to be glorified porn, then I don't mind making this podcast and just roasting the shit out of it. Like, I don't care, but sure. I want to cover it. And, and then we both watched it and we were like, wait, hold on. Like, this is only the first episode, so I don't want to yeah jump ahead and shoot myself in the foot like i usually do so you know it might end up being glorified porn but i feel like there was an undertone of something to me that seemed more serious a Mm -hmm. bit deeper yeah you know i think there's a lot of things that celebrities go through i mean they're fucking humans yeah i think that this is a really interesting story we've seen it happen with celebrities in our time we know that it's happened mm-hmm. with celebrities in in different generations like it's it's an interesting story yeah D- yeah definitely and I'm happy about it like oh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see what they do I hope it doesn't fucking flop yeah well and I think that just on the the in on the idea of like their performances I am I am really pleased with the performances and again same thing I was worried about the weekend coming on as an actor um and but yeah he managed to turn me on so badly and also creep me the fuck out at the same time and I was like that is palette I mean maybe not I'm a Scorpio so like maybe not maybe you just have to be creepy and I'll get turned on by that I don't know I'm (laughs) working this out with my therapist people girl Um, Um, but no, there were like points where like I watched it after Maddie and I was just like, wait, is, is he sexy to me right now? Like what is happening? And she was like, no, wait, do not talk to me until after you finish the episode because it is, 
it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I literally didn't even want to say it's crazy. I, that's why I only texted. Just text. Just wait. Text me when you're done. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell you because it was so shocking. You know, it, it was just so shocking. I, I really didn't want to give you an inkling. Well, okay, uh, I hope I did it. Let's break down. You did not at all. I was not expecting it. Um, so let's oh, break down goodness. just the introduction of him. Like, let's go at kind of timeline wise. So she goes yeah. out to the club uh, with her friends and he sees her. And what I also love, this is another Sam Levinson kind of uh, similarity. It's it's almost like a theme for him is that like he skews the timeline of things. So like you never really know like what in what order things are actually happening, which in most cases I fucking hate that Christopher Nolan, I'm talking to you. Um and almost all of your movies because of that. But the way that Sam Levinson does it is in such like a like a loosey, like I feel like I'm acid tripping and I don't know what I'm seeing right now. Um but we get him looking at her taking shots in the club and and then we get him calling her out Drake right because he's the owner the- of the club yes yeah and he's in the dj booth surrounded by a bunch of girls and he's with the dj you know like you know how the dj calls down and the dj's like yo what up party people mm-hmm. it's friday night shout out you know like whatever he's kind of like doing that for the dj he's like yeah. you know this is a church for all the sinners, which I love that. I was like, I, that is actually that. such a good club vibe. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm no, trying was, to spin tonight. Let's go. Giving, it was giving Mary J. Let's get a Yeah. Yeah. Like leave the drama outside. It was, it was cute. It was very cute. But it also gave me like, it was giving me Drake. It was giving me 70s pimp. Like you said, it was giving me. 80s disco MC. It was giving me so many different things that like I loved it too. So that's kind of the first thing that we see. But then we also see this one amazing shot that was had euphoria. It just had Sam Levinson written all over it. Like he's definitely making a name and a theme for himself, which I really truly love for him. But there's this one shot of everybody dancing. Abel is in the background, and then it it zooms in on him, and he's the main focus, which is. I think so hard to do with lighting and with other people and whatever, but the shot's amazing. And then he kind of just like lowers his sunglasses, which normally is the corniest shit ever. And I hate when they do that in, in film, but it, he did it. He looked so good doing it. Mm-hmm. And so we get, anyway, so we get this introduction to who he is as a character. And we know that he is just this like charismatic, uh, you know, everybody loves him. Everybody's on his shit. He owns this club. So everybody, at least in the club thinks he, that he's God's gift to earth. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get them dancing together, which I loved that too, because honestly, she is so petite that he can just fit one arm completely around her. I know. And it, it like, it just shows even just from like body mass, like how, how actually small she is compared to him, even though she's taller with heels on, which is great, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, But then it kind of goes to, you know, them in the staircase, which I think is my favorite scene of this, Mm -hmm. of this episode, because there's a point where, they're making out and whatever, and I don't care about that. But then um, Leah comes looking for her. They stop, and then they both sit on the stairs. But she sits three seats above him, and the way that he is looking up at her, because I don't even think that. Because I was like, why are his eyes so sexy? And I thought about it, and I'm like, it's not even that he's got like sexy eyes, but the way that it in in a lot of times in film or in TV, you don't get a man that's looking endearingly up at a woman. Or right. like I'm attracted to you up at oh, up to a woman. You usually get that looking down, or you get if you ever do get a man looking up at a woman, it's you know he's crying at her feet or yeah, he's groveling for forgiveness. Exactly, yeah, something like that, right? That's what you. But like him looking up at her in that situation, it was just so hot, and I was like, oh my god! And then he had like drunken, glossy eyes, and it was I was just like, wow, wow! I don't what what is happening. Yeah, I know. I, I love this farewell scene a lot too. Um, obviously, it was a like there was a lot of sexual tension. They probably would have fucked right there if they didn't get stopped by you know her assistant trying to find mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously they don't get caught, but they don't continue. And it's funny because he's, he kind of stops it, which I really liked. You know, he says, oh, what a boner killer. Like, you know, we're not going to come on. Like, it just killed the fucking vibe. I really appreciated that because, you know, I think we a lot of times see men as like so eager. They're like, okay, they're gone now. Like, let's let's fucking yeah. go. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I kind of appreciated that slowdown coming from him. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked their moment afterward. And, you know, he instead of like continuing what the fuck they're doing, he just says, come here and she just sits and leans into him and that was just so comforting I was like cool like you I really liked that I think probably on his end it was in the show very manipulative I think he knows exactly what he's doing but from a romantic perspective like I really liked it I was like yeah this is Um, nice I, it is nice. It was nice. Um, I think that basically you and I are pitching our own cases to why we would fall under a cult leader's trap so fast if you just and here we any- are. And here we are again. I know. It's just we talk about that literally every single show that we've done, we f- there's somehow a way that we're talking about. That we're just, we're just, gosh, you know, the thing is, is like, yeah, I will fall under a cult leader's trap. Um, if he is, he, if he's got like the sex appeal and you know, if he's that, like, I don't know. Well, yeah, he, oof, I don't even know. I don't even know. So that was the first interaction that she has with him. It's the first time she meets him. And then (laughs) I think there's only really the second time where he comes over to her house. Well, right. And there is a conversation with her friend mm-hmm. yep. before he comes over and, um, you know, Lily or Jocelyn's character says, oh, I want to invite Tedros over. And, you know, her friend is like, oh, no, like, why? I, she's like, oh, my God, like, you don't you don't like his vibe and why? And the friend says, well, he's just so rapey. Um, and her response to that was, well, that's kind of what I like about him. That's why, that's why I like Which him. Yeah. I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, problematic, but hilarious. So I think with your friends, when you're just chopping it up, fine. You know, it's okay. Um, I think that there's a little bit of an issue here. I don't know. Like, I have to see how the series goes. I don't want to jump too fast and say like, oh, they're romanticizing abuse. Yeah. They... They might be. I'm not sure yet. I need to see a little bit more to get a better grip, but I'm I'm a little worried. Like that not that it didn't sit right with me because I feel like you know, we're humans and we're gross and we're disgusting and we're inappropriate. Like in the comfort of your friends, like we say some, you know, wild shit. Yeah. Not like obviously not inappropriate in like detrimental ways but you, you get what i'm saying like we'll we'll make a harsh joke or like I've definitely a had joke. before you know like i've definitely yeah. used that word to call somebody something but i do see what you're saying and i think that just back on the the what we were talking about in the beginning of the just the sam levinson like we we just tra- like we just don't know you know, mm-hmm. like we, I think that um, that kind of might be coming into play because if it was a completely innocent show with a completely innocent director and writer that you knew and trusted, I don't know if you would have been like, I mean, you, I think you would still think that the the word was probably could be problematic, but I think in this context of this, we have no idea and we're terrified of where this is going to end up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 So I like, you know, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because of, her second encounter with Tedros. I mean, the way that he comes in the house, it is creepy. Like she makes him wait and the fucking assistant has to go introduce like at the door, go get the door, let him in. And she's like, yeah, like she's just getting ready. First. He like kisses her like on both cheeks, like intensely. And she was like, (laughs) I fucking love the assistant. She's so dumb, but she's so, She's, like, very much a doormat. Yeah. I hate that for her. I want her to be a strong bitch. But, like, she just says, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, You know, and she's like, yeah, you know, here's this, here's that. You know, make yourself at home. And this motherfucker stops and says, are you sure? She doesn't even respond. And I understand because if I was in her shoes, I mean, 
me being dumb and like a golden retriever, I would have been like, yeah, of course, of course, make yourself at home. Like, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> um, but she was just like, uh, I don't well, know what to say. I know. And I feel like that was, um, we're just going to skip. I mean, unless you have other stuff to add, I'm literally just inserting all of my euphoria notes as we're talking, but, um, she reminds me a lot of Lexi from euphoria like the oh, like yeah. quote unquote not as hot quirky like loyal as hell best friend sister, um, but I think that 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 was really funny. The whole you know are you sure to make yourself at home? I think that that was almost like a foreshadow of like he sure as fuck will. Did you see uh-huh. him looking? It's so funny that it's actually his house. I know he's looking like admirably like at how high the ceilings are and like all of these things, and it's like. You know, he, he, there's, yeah, there's something, you know, obviously like his mind is going, but you know, he does go and like get a drink from the bar and snort some Coke in the bathroom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he actually does, he smells her pillows. And what Mm -hmm. I think is really funny um, is that during this time, Jocelyn is getting her best comfy wear on like the sexiest yeah. shit you could possibly put on with her six inch heels and she says like i want to be taller than him yeah like, that's why i'm wearing these and i loved that i loved that yeah. and i i want her to have more of that of this like yeah i'm just divine fucking feminine and that mean and like i'm in control yeah. of the situation like i'm the pop star here bitch Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that he's letting her, at least up until like this point, feel like she is almost in control of it. And then, um, but yeah, then we get their interaction. The, I would say another one of my favorite scenes outside of the first staircase is the second staircase of the staircase reveal. Like, yeah, classic, where she comes down. Yes. Like this mm-hmm. classic, like Beauty and the Beast moment, you know, where she's, oh, yeah. oh God, it was just the music that was playing. She looked absolutely gorgeous. Like he's waiting at the bottom for her, this absolutely horrible person that's, you know, yeah. um, like, my gosh. And what does he say to her? Hello, Angel. Hello, Angel. Which you practice in the mirror, you know. God, that was so creepy. Yeah, it was. was So creepy. There was like, and that's the thing is like what I think he's doing so well. And what a lot of people, like I'm reading the discourse online just about the the reviews and everything um, and what people are saying. A lot of people are like, he, you know, he's so creepy. I hate him. And I'm like, that's the point though. That, right, exactly. He's, that's, he's, he's, that's why he has a fucking rat tail. Are you kidding? If they really wanted him to be this sex demigod, they wouldn't have given him that right, wig. He would have been the pop star and she would have had the rat tail. Exactly. Like, you know, like, fuck, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, no, he's supposed to be like a slumlord, you know, esque character, right? Like an LA cultist. Uh, sociology but make it West Hollywood kind of thing mm-hmm. you know that's so, wait uh, I'm really glad that you just said that I just want to rewind a little bit because we introduced her staff and I had been thinking about this as we were talking but mm-hmm. we haven't been introduced but he is kind of culty lordship followers influencer power thing going on and you know that he has also a staff in place and we got some foreshadowing so number one they pan to that guy with the tattoo on his head in the club yeah and they pan to him again and it looks like he's like plotting and scheming yes and then another thing is when leia is coming back from looking for jocelyn because she's got her purse you know the guy, that beautiful man, God, with the two colored, the blondes and the black eyebrows. I love that. I love a, I love a two tone eyebrow. Get over I here. I also love a double pierced nose, and I'm just like, uh, like I was just like, wow, you yeah, are pretty. He was I like you. very, very, very pretty to see. I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, and she also was stopped in her fucking tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that was so calculated because I was like, oh, why is he walking up to her now? You know, yes. like yeah. I didn't really catch those things the first like, time. Yeah. Them yeah. being in those specific spaces the first time mm-hmm. until I watched it the second time. It, like, 
Um, and I want to say that foreshadow with Leah, like they're going to get in because Leah's, she's a pushover. Yeah. You know, so that. Well, well, maybe, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a good theory. I think that they, honestly, I don't even know if they need any help. I think he's got. No, they don't need help. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but, like, you know, it. just to cover all the bases and, like, yeah. get the friend in, too. Get everyone in. They're a cult, kind of. I mean, that's what we're assuming. Well, yeah, so so, so Leia also, she kind of cockblocks twice, in a way, the first time in the stairwell at the club, and then the second time they're sitting, it's uh, Jocelyn and Tedra sitting and drinking at her bar, and, oh, yeah. comes in and she's like, oh, by the way, you have to get up at seven. And Tedros is, like, thinking nothing but, God, I just want to kill this bitch. Like, who is this? Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we get, like, some conversation with them. They're drinking a little bit. And then we get to the final scene. My oh, gosh. My God. and Jocelyn. The... It is. So they go down to the recording studio. She is showing him her new single that's going to come out in two weeks. Um, or the like not finished version of it mm-hmm. and you know and that's when he starts talking to her like you know well she's know. asking him about you know like if this song is good or if it's true or authentic mm-hmm. and he's you know he's they're kind of talking about the music and like what different things in music are authentic and he he starts describing to her <laughs> what it sounds like when you're singing and and if you know how to fuck. Yeah. Like, he basically said, like, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna say, if you're gonna sing that you're a freak, then you need to be a freak. Like, you need to know Right, and you need to yeah. sound like, you need to sell it in the vocal performance. Yeah, so like, he, he's was like, kind of like, he's kind of like bullying her in a fun way. Like, obviously, she's a pop star. It's not that she doesn't have a good voice, but he's like, yeah, your vocal performance isn't there. Mm-hmm. I I honestly think that was a good motivator because it's kind of a challenge. It's like yes, yeah. she's gonna want to rise up and be like, ex- first of all, bitch, like I'm a po- I, let me show you what I can actually do when they're not asking me to do a pop song. Yeah, you know. So yeah. like, I actually did like the way that he motivated that. Yeah, in her, I was like, cool. okay, like that was a dig, but like that was a good. You weren't tearing her down. It was also a fuckboy dig. It was very yeah, much it was out, of, out of the book of fuckboys 101. Um, the, you know, I'm going to compliment you, but then I'm also going to give you a dig just so mm-hmm. you know that, like, you still need to try to impress me. Like, you still need yeah, to go But I do it. think, like, it was kind of harmless. Like, he didn't dig at her in a way that was personal as fuck. You know, she's in the industry. Someone's saying they don't like her voice. She's heard that a million times, you know, yeah. like. I, I thought it was smart on his part. Um, I think it opened it up, like, and and she was right, like, about like that dickish way in him, like, oh, you know, like I think that you are probably, and like asshole enough to tell me the truth. Yeah. So like he liked the song, but he told her the truth in a, in another way. Hmm. Uh. So yeah. So we're we're having him talk about other artists in time that. Donna Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I I mean, honestly, after he said that, I was like, oh shit. No, she does sound like she could fuck on that song. Yeah. She is into it in that song. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It was a great great example for him to give. Um, And that's why I'm just like, I really like that. I'm seeing that I'm, I'm like more optimistic about him being having such a big. Uh, like role in the production of the show in acting in the show he's a writer he's a producer because he's the one I mean you know that him being a pop star like he's been into music his whole life he's the mm-hmm. one that knows this Sam Levinson might know something but like mm-hmm. the weekend knows this shit like Abel right. knows this and he mm-hmm. you know I'm sure that the Prince references the Madonna song the um you know this the specific donna summer thing like i'm sure that it was it was able that was like no these are things that should be said yeah i love it i love it yeah oh gosh so then we get to the point where he's like you need to let go and it was the most shopping shocking it was so shocking and it made me oh god it was so hot yeah it was hot it was hot um i think it was kind of scary 
which of course a little bit of fear makes things hot. It is what it is. Okay. I'm just going to put that on the record right here, right now. A little bit of danger, you know, like fast cars. Like that's why women love that shit because it's a little dangerous. So like, it's kind of hot. Um, I thought the way that it was done was, I mean, it was pretty beautiful. And like, I have to say, like watching it the second time, I think the first time I was so on the edge of my fucking seat, I was like, yo, what the fuck are you? This is the first episode. I mean, I know you're not going to kill her right fucking here, but like, Jesus, Mm -hmm. don't cut her. (laughs) Not the money maker. Like, fuck. I was shitting bricks the first time, but the second time it's actually he's he's really tender mm-hmm, he is and the way that he leads her in is is nice you know like he's well, no, being very he slow like, about it he's not yeah, making any sudden scary movements no like, he covers so her calm. and then and then he and what he says you know he's like you're really in your head and i do think that's true i don't think he was just saying whatever or like lying to her i think that rang true as fuck for her situation yeah, no, true. Or, or, you know, and like maybe he doesn't know that fully, but those were words that she really needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just yeah, the way that I he agree. did it. Don't be scared. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I liked it too because you're right. He was very slow, tender with it, and then even like when he does. Like, so I want to say that, like, when he first starts to put her dress over her head, she looked like it was very, like, Mary-esque. Like, I liked with, it, like, I, I, I did, too. I did, too. I did, too. And that's my point. But then he covers her and mm-hmm. and then ties the thing around her neck. But then he kisses her on the forehead. Right. And slowly lets her, like, sit yeah. down. And then, um, you know, I don't know. Even, but, like, then there's also this, like, this choking theme that we got throughout it. One in the club, he's got his hand around her neck. He's not choking her, but that's where he yeah. put his hand. And it's like, that's a control thing. Um, and then she does the same thing when she's masturbating at her right. house right after that. Um, so I'm like, I think that, you know, just this, the like asphyxiation kind of thing is, might be like a running theme, but that, I don't, there was that part of it. Like I'm going to control when, it, you know, when you breathe, but I'm going to make sure that when you are breathing, it's the best of the best. Right. Like, right. I feel like that was kind of what he was almost doing in that, in that mm-hmm. moment with her. And I think also just like the level of breaking through to a different kind of sensation, like in that moment, but being like, okay, like you were fearful, you can't see anything. You're still by yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is in front of a crowd of fucking people with lights in your eyes. You know, yeah. you are asphyxiated in front of that crowd. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I mean, you want to see the people you want to connect. I assume, you know, artists, that's why they like entertaining, but like also stage fright, man. Like that sometimes you don't want to see a single fucking face out there. You're like, I just want to do this and perform it and like get out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know, like in a, in a weird, like abstract way, I think that was like a, that was like a physical lesson for her. You know how, like, Karamo from Queer Eye always gives, like, a physical lesson, but it's about, like, an abstract thing? Yeah. That is kind of how that felt to me. Yeah. Like, get out of your own head. You are good. Even the pop shit that you're making, like, you are a freak. Like, yeah. be real with yourself. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. No, I exactly. think I'm kind of pleased with this so far. Um, Him too. I don't what know if this is toxic, but I definitely, I mean, I don't know if it is either because I'm like, I um, might appreciate somebody like this in my life, but this person is a cult leader. So sure. I and I just want to say on Sam Levinson, you know, my personal experience in life, and this is not for everybody, but this is mine. I definitely think that I found out a lot about who I am through sex. Yes. And it makes, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, like Sam Levinson, like you're being extra, you're being too much. But I think it's really telling of how much sexuality he does kind of show and play on because it does make us who we are. Those things affect us deeply. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of appreciative. Like, now that we're talking about it more and I'm thinking about it more, I'm like, okay, Sam Levinson, like, please be careful mm-hmm. because I, I would like to see you continue to have a career. 
and mm-hmm. you know continue writing I, I like these stories but I'm a, I'm a little nervous and maybe that's a good thing Honestly, I feel like that's why that's what makes it artful um, in the idea that it is provocative and you don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. I think that I, I've always really enjoyed his work because of that, even if it teeters on that just made me so uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. even just the entirety of season two of Euphoria, I had a hard time rewatching it, even though I watched season one probably four times. And yes, there were some hard to watch things in season one too, but season two, the whole tone of it was different. So in those nudity, in those nude scenes or those sexual sexualized scenes, it was even harder to watch because it was a less lighthearted mood. Um, but that, but the thing is, is like, I still never thought that it was bad. I thought that it was, right. genius, you know? And so you know, Maddie, you used to say to me um, that you really appreciated art that made you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and because it's it's hard to make people feel. I mean, sometimes it's really fucking easy to make people feel uncomfortable, but uh, sure. God, we both have lived in Florida. We know, but <laughs> um, but sometimes it's hard. I think I'm a person that it's hard to make me feel uncomfortable, especially when it comes to nudity and sexual scenes and stuff like that, because I'm just I feel like I'm very just like open minded to all of it. Um, but yeah, so I get nervous about him too, but I think that that's really fun to be living on as a fan, to be living on that. It's scary. Oh, absolutely. We are living on the edge. Yeah. Like I said, I'm like, like in the beginning, like, are we going to go off the cliff with this episode? Like, are we just going to impale ourselves with what's Mm going to happen? Because uh, we never know. It's Sam Levinson, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Sam. Sammy boy, fucking putting in work for us to be shitting bricks on this podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. And every Sunday for the next seven weeks. Um, Yeah, and then for the people that are watching it that had different opinions about it, you know, about this episode, obviously we're not going to, we're not doing this to share everyone's opinions or share the popular opinions. Popular opinions, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, You and I came to it very unbiasedly saying, oh, shit, we really did like this. And both of us, even before we talked to each other about it, we both came to the conversation saying, oh, shit, I really liked that. So there's no unbiased opinion here. But us liking this one does not mean that we're going to like everything going forward. In fact, I can almost guarantee there are going to be a lot of things with this show that we don't like. So this is not uh, we're on Sam Levinson's dick and, you know, we're – it's all happy happy here we're like very much yeah no we've had a lot of those conversations already you know i think from euphoria just we weren't doing a podcast then so Mm -hmm. you know we aired a lot of that shit out personally we were like hey like how did that that was shocking like did you think that was too much you know like and it's all subjective you know like what can what can we do but i i do think it's important to at least bring up and talk about a little bit i mean I don't know if we formed our opinions all the way or, and even if like, even with euphoria, sometimes like I think about it and I'm like, I still don't even know how to feel like, was it wrong? Like, you know, it's, but it is good to talk about because I think it's important. And, you know, like, again, I'm a woman mm-hmm. and whether or not Sydney Sweeney is my favorite person, I'm still gunning for her. I'm like, they're your titties. They're yeah. yours. Yep. And unless you want to show them to us that much, then, you know, like that is a hundred. I hope that she is getting the autonomy that she deserves. Yeah. And, and everybody in Hollywood. So like, I just think that, you know, yeah, it's coming up with Sam Levinson because he's already been through it a little bit. And, you know, we're well, rooting for you, bud. But, ex- you know, exactly. And I mean, and I that. think that, even if it wasn't for um, for this, like for the euphoria, the almost like the controversy around the nudity there, we just even going into this, even from the first teaser trailer that we saw, we knew that it was going to be sexual. 
right? Yeah. Like, it, like there is nothing not sexual about anything that we've seen leading up to this show. And then, like I said, the Cannes Film Festival, that kind of... So maybe, I mean, maybe no one else was doing extensive research like I was doing on it and looking at all the promos and all the stuff. And we went into it, you by proxy went into it with me having very low expectations of this glorified porn. And that's yeah. why... You know, the narrative was set that this was going to be bad. And then we went into it thinking it was going to be bad. It actually wasn't that bad. So maybe that's why we liked it so much and why everybody else didn't like it. I don't know. Maybe we just like we were so geared for the fucking worst that like it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of extra padding there because we're like, oh, this wasn't even fucking terrible like we thought it was going to be. So, yeah, that that makes sense. I would love to hear some other people's opinions. I mean, I'm obviously going to look them up online, too, just to mm-hmm. hear it out. But, like, yeah, if you guys thought that we had some good thoughts or maybe some bad ones, you know, leave us a comment. Rate us. Let us know. If you have something that we could improve on, please tell us. You know, detail it out so we can get better. You know, we yeah. just want to talk about it and hear what you guys have to th- say what you have yeah. to think jesus <laughs> what you have to say <laughs> so um yeah fucking join us next week cuz we are so excited for the second episode can't wait to see tedros's culty fucking crazy ass oh my god do some weird shit with her clothing again yeah. hell yeah honestly um yeah I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of the soul crushing and the the glory. I don't know. I'm yeah, excited. I'm, I'm excited to see more of the team too. Like I really, really want to see more of the executive producer, the lady. The, yes. She's like, uh, don't cock block America. <laughs> yeah. That was an I was like, yeah, line. don't cock block America. That was an excellent line. That was an yeah. excellent line. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, we're excited. This has been um I haven't been this excited to make a podcast. Sorry, Succession and Yellow Jackets for a while, but um <laughs> this is it. it's the pilot, baby. Woo! Yeah, truly. It was it was great. So yeah, if you know, you guys jump on, get in there, watch, listen, come back, follow us. Um you can find us on socials at HB Hose Pod across the board. Um, yeah. Come find us. Come find yeah. us. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah, come back next week. Same, same day, same time. Hell Bye. Yeah. Bye.